Good morning, Liberty, and a happy new year to all of you. So, uh, I was talking to Matt uh, a few weeks ago uh, when he asked me if I could preach today. And I, I asked him if he had anything in particular that he wanted me to speak about. And, and he said that for this first season of this year, we are going to uh, start a new series on the book of Acts. Uh, as some people would like to call the book about the life of the early church. And what I thought would be a good idea for us as a sort of a setup to, that, to the series that's coming uh, is to look at the book of Luke. And you may be wondering, well, why Luke? Well, there are a couple of reasons why uh, we should do Luke before Acts. One of them is the most obvious one, is that the author is the same. Luke is the one who wrote the Gospel of Luke as well as the book of Acts. And secondly, uh, the person to whom he is writing uh, is also the same person. So if you look, for example, in Luke chapter 1, uh, right at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, uh, he starts saying, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good for me also, having followed all the things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account to you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have a certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So Luke is writing this uh, gospel to this person called Theophilus, and there's a lot of discussions as to who this Theophilus is. And if you look at the beginning of Acts, you will see that Luke will pick up where he left off, where he left off from the gospel. In Acts chapter 1, he says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. So you have between uh, the two works, you have the same author, you have the same uh, recipient, and, and you also have the same approach when it comes to telling a story. Because uh, in the Gospel of Luke, uh, he organizes the Gospel uh, in terms of uh, geographical locations. So the Gospel starts in Galilee. Uh, it starts with uh, Jesus' birth, the, all the infancy narratives. And it goes through his life all in that region of Galilee. Then when you get uh, almost to the middle of the book... Uh, Jesus begins to set out to go to Jerusalem. And you have this bulk in the middle of the gospel where, it, where the story happens on the way to Jerusalem and where Jesus will do all sorts of miracles and teachings uh, during the season. And when you get to chapter 19 is when Jesus finally arrives 
in Jerusalem. And then you have the end of the gospel all happening in Jerusalem. Another interesting thing about the gospel is that the, all, all of the story is quite fast-paced. So you go from verse 1 all the way to, uh, from chapter 1 all the way to chapter 19, covering almost the entire life of Jesus on earth. And then once he arrives in Jerusalem, then Luke slows down his narrative. And the last part of the gospel, all happening in Jerusalem, happens uh, throughout the period of a week, more or less. So Luke really wants us to pay attention to this last week of Jesus. And when you get to the, to the book of Acts, you will see that Luke will take the same approach. He will organize the book of Acts uh, in terms of geography. It will start where the gospel left off in Jerusalem, and it will go to all the way up to uh, Rome. And you will have these three locations. You will have uh, Jerusalem, Sumeria, and then he will go to Rome. Now, the question is, how does the gospel and the book of Acts work together? What is this bridge? And so what I would like for us to do is to look at the end of the gospel of Luke, which will be some sort of setup for the book of Acts. And I think it will help us to understand where Luke is coming from when he begins the book of Acts. So I would invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. And we are going to read from verses 44 all the way to 49. Now here at the end of the gospel... Uh, Jesus was already, already rose from the dead and he appears to the disciples. Uh, at one moment, we had a series a uh, uh, few months ago where, where we did a, a series of messages on meals in the Gospel of Luke. And the passage right before ours was one of those meals where Jesus is because uh, the disciples are a bit shocked that he appeared. And then he said, no, it's me. Look, look at my hands and give me some fish to eat. And then here he begins uh, to give them some, let's say, final instructions. And it's on these instructions that I want us to focus on. So Luke 24 from verses 44 to 49. This is what it says. Then he said to them, These are my words that I have spoken to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. 
So when Jesus begins this message, he begins in a very peculiar way, and I wanted to highlight a few things uh, here. He said, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. So during this whole time that they uh, were together, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And here you might be wondering, uh, what is Jesus talking about? He says that everything that was written about him uh, was fulfilled and all this information, let's say, was in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So the question is, what does Jesus mean with the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms? Well, if you look at how the Old Testament was organized, especially uh, from a Jewish perspective, they, they would call the, the Old Testament the Tanakh. And the Tanakh is, uh, let's say, it's an, not an abbreviation, but it's a, an adding of three Hebrew words or letters that symbolizes the three blocks of the Old Testament. So the first one would be the Torah, which is the Law of Moses, the first five books of the Old Testament. Then he would go to what they call the Nevi'im, which are the books of the prophets. And lastly, they would finish with the last section of the, of the Old Testament, which was the Ketuvim, which translated would be the writings. And this block of uh, texts that they call the writings would have as the first book, the book of Psalms. And usually, so it would not be unheard of for them to describe the Old Testament or to describe the Jewish scriptures as the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So what Jesus is telling them is that Everything about him uh, that was fulfilled was present in the Old Testament. So he is binding his life to everything that happened before. And this is something important because sometimes we have this tendency of looking at the Bible as, oh, this is the Old Testament that was passed and gone and that's done. And now we're on a new thing with Jesus and this is all brand new, start from zero. And that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying all of God's plan from the beginning of things was about me and I am part of this long plan of redemption that he is uh, doing and giving. And now the text doesn't say what the reaction of the disciples was when they heard this. But most likely they, they were like, what? What do you mean by this? What do you mean that everything written about you was fulfilled uh, in the Old Testament? And I think that's their reaction because in verse 45, Luke says, Then he, Jesus, opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So they were probably a bit confused about what, 
what do you mean by this? And then Jesus says, thus it is written. And this way of speaking, thus it is written, it, it would give them the impression of like, this is what God was saying from the start. This is his plan from the start. And what is the plan? That the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. But he doesn't stop there. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. So here is what Jesus is saying. He is not saying, okay, Old Testament period gone, brand new thing starting. He says, no, my life, all me coming, being born, uh, living all this ministry, choosing the apostles, establishing the kingdom of God, and going up to the cross, dying and rising from the dead. All of that is part of the plan all along. It, it's not as if God was frustrated in, when he got to the end of the Old Testament and he was like, oh, I need to do a, something else because that didn't work. He said, no, this was the plan from the start. And now what Jesus is doing, he's saying, I want you to look at my life as part of the plan all along, but not only my life, but your life as well. Because he says, thus it is written, this whole story of God's plan all along has this part of Christ, but also has the part of the disciples. When he talks in verse 47 of, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. And if you look at the Old Testament, especially in the call to Abraham, you will see that that's true. Because when God calls Abraham and says, you will have a son and I, you, my people will be born out of you. One of the things he says is that in order that you will bless all peoples and all nations. So it was his plan all along. So God wasn't frustrated from the moment towards the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of new. It's part of his plan all along in fulfilling his purposes for his Messiah, for his church, and for all of creation. And this is also what Jesus preached. If you look at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, for example, right after John the Baptist is, uh, is killed, Jesus begins his ministry saying, the kingdom of God has arrived, repent, and believe in the gospel. So what this message is showing us is that not only is Jesus part of the plan all along, but that the church is part of the plan all along. It's not a, a, a new thing that's happening. It's part of the old thing that continues in different ways. And this is something that I think it's, it's worth for us to, to ponder, especially in times of uncertainty. 
when life throws us curveballs and it begins to feel that life is a bit unexpected. And it feels like, okay, this season is over, new season coming on, and I don't know what's going to happen. And then that season might be done, and then we'll have another one. And it feels like, is there anything that I can can have like as a basis to live my life that no matter what happens, no matter what curveballs comes my way, I can be rooted firmly in that. And this is one of the things that the Gospel of Luke does. He says, yes, we can be rooted in the life of Jesus. And I wanted to finish uh, this part of Luke by looking briefly at the beginning of the book of Acts. Because the beginning of the book of Acts will say something that, at least for me, is very eye-opening and very challenging and and very amazing at the same time. So if you could look briefly uh, at the beginning of the book of Acts, in chapter 1, we already read the passage. Luke begins saying, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. Now, I want to pause here because it's interesting that when we look at the Gospels, whether it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and we ask, what is the Gospel about? Uh, We say, well, it's about the life of Jesus, what he did, what he taught. You know, it's, it's his entire life. His whole thing, his whole ministry was in the Gospels. And the book of Acts, well, the book of Acts is a brand new thing. You know, it's just, we had the Old Testament, that was done. Now, then we had Jesus, that was done. And now we have the period of the church. But Jesus blurs the lines between the Old Testament and his life, saying it's all connected. It's all of parts, uh, all part of God's plan. And now he's going to blur the lines between his life and the life of the church. Because if you really pay attention to verse 1, look, what he t- look, look at what Luke says about the life of Jesus in the Gospels. He says, in the first book, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. So he doesn't say, I have dealt with all that Jesus did and taught. He says, no, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. And why does he say this? Because for him, the life of the church, the church is a continuation of what Jesus does and teach. So his ministry doesn't stop once he ascends to heaven. His ministry continues, but now through the church. So he blurs the line between his life and the life of the church. And the, the wonderful thing, and, and sometimes it feels a bit overwhelming, is that the same thing is extended to us as the church. That what God did back in the Old Testament, he continued to do 
uh, in more intensively by sending his Messiah uh, in Jesus. And he continued to do in the life of the church right at the start. And he continues to do through the church today. So what we do essentially, we, conti we continue the ministry of Jesus. We continue to do all that Jesus, all that Jesus did and taught. And then, one, so one of the questions you might have is how, how do we do all that Jesus did and taught? Because he was Jesus. Uh, how am how am I or how are we as a church supposed to, to follow him and continue what he was doing? And one of the things that the Gospel of Luke uh, emphasizes very much is that Jesus was doing all of that through the power of the Spirit. In the Gospel of Luke, you will see Jesus doing things by the Spirit constantly. And when you look at the beginning of Acts, you will see that Luke continues. He says in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given command through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. So all those instructions were given through the Holy Spirit. And now... If you go back to our passage in Luke 24, right after uh, he finishes saying that part of his fulfillment was him dying and rising from the cross, as well as the repentance and the proclamation of the gospel to all the nations, he says, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So what Jesus is saying is that in the same power that he did everything, that is through the Spirit, now he asks his followers who will continue to do all that he did and taught, but they won't do it by themselves. He says, stay here until you receive the same spirit that through which I did everything that I did. So you have this uh, continuation of Jesus' ministry through the spirit. And now he will give this ministry to us through the spirit as well. And so the question is, how do we uh, live life as a church uh, through the Spirit or by the Spirit? And this is what the book of Acts will address. It will be the first apostles and disciples dealing with how to do the ministry of Jesus, to do all that he did and taught uh, through the Spirit. But one thing that is important here in this whole passage is that all of this will be done in him. So the church, the, the life of the church is bound to the life of Jesus. We don't, because one of, one of the, let's say, 
potential dangers that we have is that as a church, we can be very involved uh, in the city and doing uh, social ministries, which is all very important and very good. But uh, we can always run the danger of doing things on our own effort and forgetting that the basis of all that we do is Jesus. We do everything in him. And all that we do, it's part of God's plan all along that started from the beginning, uh, went through the life of Jesus, and now continues uh, through the church. And it's done based on him and through the spirit that was present in Jesus' life throughout his whole life here and is present through the church. And so when we start the book of Acts, you will see this mirroring between characters where in the gospel you in the gospel of Luke especially you have all these things that Jesus did and taught and when you go to the book of Acts the two main protagonists of the story which are Peter and Paul they will do and teach a lot of things that Jesus did in the gospel of Luke so you see the church begin to mirror what Jesus ministry was and this is, it's a very wonderful thing to see. And you would also, it would be very interesting for you to pay attention, especially when you get to Acts chapter 2 and chapter 7, when you have two big sermons, the first one of Peter and the second one of uh, Philip, where when they talk about the life of Jesus and the life of the church and what what's happening then right now because everyone's a bit confused about what's happening in the in the book of acts they will begin the story by going all the way back to the old testament and showing how god's plan all along was carried out through all of that season and then it was fulfilled in jesus time and it continues through the ministry of the church so my encouragement to you is to, in this new year, to rethink about life, to rethink about your life as being grounded in Jesus and being part of this great story that God is telling, which helps us to be, to feel sustained in moments where life feels uh, a bit uncertain. And it's good, especially in times of lockdowns no lockdowns restrictions no restrictions and things feel you know like where are we going next we can be sure that our life is grounded in something much uh, stronger than uh, our circumstances it's grounded in god's plan that was carried from the beginning of time it was fulfilled in jesus ministry and continues to uh, happen in the life of the church so i encourage you also to uh, come with us through this uh season where we look through to the book of acts and we will learn how to be a church that is grounded in jesus living out god's full plan why don't we bow our heads and i will ask the worship team to come heavenly father i wanna i would like to thank you because life with you is never it's never a surprise in the sense that nothing takes you by surprise. Uh, you had a plan of redemption from the beginning, a plan that would involve 
uh, your people in the past, in the people of Israel. It involved your Messiah that came and died and rose again for us. It involves the church in those early stages as they're figuring out what it means to be a people of God and to continue to do what Jesus did and taught. And it involves our, our lives as well as we engage in your plan and in your purposes uh, for your people, for the proclamation of your message to the nations. And so I ask you that you will open our minds to understand the scriptures like you did with the disciples then so that we can understand our purposes in your grand plan. That's what I ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.